This episode of The Witch Wave is brought to you by Rewilding the Tarot, created by prior Witch Wave guest, Lindsay Mack. Learn the fundamentals of tarot from a soul-centered perspective in this self-guided foundational theory course and create your own connection to your deck. Undo and rewild your tarot practice. Come home to your own meanings of these sacred archetypes, build relationships with the cards, and read with confidence. Enrollment is open now, and material is live on April 7th. To sign up or learn more, visit tarotforthewildsoul.com and be sure to use code WITCH for 10% off your tuition. Ugh, it's been a long day. I'm tired. Ma, I know just what you need. I'll tuck you in and light your mirrorless candles. That's just what I need. How did you know? It's a secret. My favorite at bedtime. Good night. Good night, Mama. Mithras Candle from the Mouths of Babes. Go to MithrasCandle.com. That's M as in magic. I-T-H-R-A-S candle.com and use offer code WITCH for 13% off your first order. The world is filled with bewitching people, and you might be one too. Welcome to the podcast where art is magic, magic is real, and reality is stranger than dreams. I'm Pam Grossman, and this is The Witch Wave. Hello and welcome to the Witch Wave. Right now I am contemplating the body. Matt and I got our first vaccine shots last night. Well, technically very early today at 3.15 this morning. And I am so grateful to science and the scientists, medical workers, and researchers who have generated this vaccine and who are now administering this life-saving medicine to the masses. And I'm saying this as a witch who is all about natural healing and alternative healing and casting spells and on and on. But I believe that all of these things can live side by side and in integrated combinations. And if you are listening to this and you disagree with me and you don't believe in vaccines or in this vaccine, well, all I'll say about that is I love you and I really don't want to debate about it. So go tell it to someone else and blessed be on your way.
I hope that everyone listening gets vaccinated and continues to wear masks and to follow the other CDC guidelines. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Whew, she's coming in hot today. <laughs> All of that said, what I love about witchcraft, one of the many things I love, is that it is a practice that is rooted in the body and which honors our senses and sensuality. It can encompass science and empirical data, yes, absolutely, and I know I've got some science witches who listen to this show and know that is not an oxymoron. But witchcraft also, in addition, incorporates the ways in which our bodies communicate with and are in relationship to energy and spirit and other immaterial forces. Our bodies are the vessels which interface between the natural material world and the supernatural immaterial world. A book that's meant a lot to me over the last few years is Sabrina Scott's Witch Body, which is her gorgeous and insightful graphic novel, or perhaps illustrated witchcraft treatise is a more apt description. In it, she excavates and celebrates the ways that the body is a magical space and one of the primary tools of witchcraft. And it makes me think about how so many other schools of mystical practice try to teach us to transcend our bodies and our hungers and desires and dwell in this celestial nether realm. And that's a lovely thought and a nice and even valuable place to visit. But as witches, bringing it all back on down to the flesh and the dirt is what we do. As above, so below. Deepening our relationship to the environment and animals and plants and planets is part of the work of witchcraft because we are connected and interconnected to everything. We are part of the greater body that is this sacred home we call Earth. And so our bodies are sacred homes, too. In her book, Witch Body, Sabrina writes, quote, Witchcraft knowledge is body knowledge, a reinterrogation of knowing. It is thinking with a body, experimenting with a body, feeling with a body, learning with a body. Witchcraft is the act of saying hello, speaking back to the ones who speak with us. Unquote. And so it's for all these reasons and more that I was so honored to speak with my friend and Queen Wright coven mate, Liza Fenster, who is an energy worker, tarot reader, and all-around fully integrated mind-spirit-body witch. Ooh, she is a powerhouse. But before we get to that, first let's check and see what's come through 
on the witch wire. Who is it? Witches. Yuri writes, I have listened to your podcast right at the start of the awakening of my spiritual side. Thank you so much for producing content that I can listen to and relate to. It really kept some of my pandemic-related feelings of isolation at bay. I am about to move out of my apartment and into a completely new city full of strangers and things to be discovered. While this idea might be exciting for some, the thought of moving out of my home gives me a lot of anxiety. I've turned my home also my pandemic workplace, into a spiritual safe space, which I'm sure a lot of people who were stuck at home this year have also done. Now that I'm about to move, I must pack away my altars, uncover skeletons in closets, and watch my home, the temple to all things spiritual and happy in my life, come undone. It seems both unceremonial to be packing these boxes, and quite frankly, I'm in mourning over the dismantling of my temple. I am reaching out to you in hopes that you have some suggestions for people like me who are in transition. Could there be some things that I could do during this time to help me stay grounded while my home no longer reflects my spiritual and personal goals? Thank you and hope you stay well. Hi, Yuri. Thank you for your kind words and well wishes. And I totally understand feeling anxious about this relocation. So first, let's just acknowledge that moving is stressful in ordinary times, even happy moves where bright new adventures await. And you're doing this during a globally stressful time already. So Everything you're feeling is absolutely normal and understandable, and I feel a lot of compassion toward you, and I hope you can feel that toward yourself as well. Like our bodies, our homes are our sanctuaries, so it can feel extremely disruptive to be between homes or to have your home feel out of sorts in any way. But yes, there are absolutely things I recommend that you can do right now to hopefully help ease this a little bit. First of all, if you haven't done so already, you can make packing up your altar its own ritual. As you're wrapping each item up, you can thank each object or deity for protecting you so well and for accompanying you on the next leg of your journey. If they're all packed up already, you can just put your hands on the box and say thank you. And also just let them know what's going on and where they're going. And just do what you can to feel connected to them somehow in your mind and in your energy field. And if you're still in your space without your altar up and have to be there for a little while, I do want to remind you that an altar, as sacred and divine as it might feel, it's just full of stuff. It's us and the spirits that infuse these objects with their magic and their meaning. And that magic is still inside you and around you all the time. One practice in witchcraft that I truly love is to cast circle. 
This is a super portable practice because all you need is your voice. And it's a really effective and lovely way to resacralize any space that you're in. Now I do it seven direction style, facing and calling in each of the seven directions. So I start in the east and I thank air, then fire in the south, water in the west, earth in the north, the spirits below, the spirits above, and the center. Though there are many, many variations and styles of this, so you can pick the one that works for you. You can also call in any assistance or blessings from your guides or ancestors that you feel you might need right now. And you can change up the wording of it each time, as I usually do, and make it as simple or as elaborate as you wish to in the moment. But if you do this once a day, let's say, I think you'll find that it will really help make your current space feel all the more magical and fortified, and you'll feel more grounded within it. And when you leave this home, be sure to say thank you to it for being such a good and protective place. And of course, I recommend doing home blessings for your new space as well whenever you are getting settled there. I'm feeling so hopeful and so excited on your behalf, and I am wishing you and witching you all the very best as you start this new chapter. Now on to my guest. Liza Fenster is an energetic healer and tarot practitioner who works in service of the Kachina Crow Mother. She combines her intuitive gifts with 20 years of extensive spiritual and metaphysical practice and study from places including the Morris Pratt Institute and the Southeastern School of Neuromuscular Massage. As a Reiki master teacher, Liza offers attunement classes as well as individual healing sessions. Her background in neuromuscular massage therapy also provides comprehensive knowledge of anatomy and physiology, which lends itself to her integrated approach to gentle somatic therapy and healing in both the physical and spiritual realms. She's also an ordained minister who oversees sacred life events and sits for spiritual counseling sessions. Liza is fierce and tender, and the second I saw her in her Nine Inch Nails t-shirt a few years back, I just knew that we would be friends. Liza joined me from her home in Atlanta via Zoom. Liza Fenster, welcome to The Witch Wave. Hello. Happy to be here with you. I'm so happy that you're here. And I was thinking about us speaking because you and I are friends in real life. We are coven mates. And yet there is so much about you that I still don't know because we're relatively new friends. So this is kind of 
serving two purposes for me. One is to share you with the rest of the world, but also for me to get to ask you all these questions that I've had for a long time about you. So let's dive right in. Liza, you do all of your different healing modalities and divination work under the moniker Crow Mother. I love this name. Can you expound upon why you selected it for yourself or why it selected you? So Crow Mother is a Kachina who is the deity, spirit, or entity that is the rain bringer and child protector and initiator, I think, depending on what the situation warrants. I am an indigenous person who over time is learning more and more and more about where I come from. What does that mean? How can I practice as a working witch and make it all connect? And because of that, and because of my endearment to Crow Mother as a person who grew up with a lot of childhood and adolescent trauma, et cetera, mm. et cetera, mm. how I through working through it and healing and learning about myself, where I come from, have seen that they were with me because I don't believe Kachina to be gendered. They were with me the whole time through all of what I'm healing and working through. Before I started working under the umbrella of Crow Mother. So it it should be clear, I hope to make it clear that I am not the Crow Mother. I work for them. Mm. I work under them. I am their steward, as it were. And they are my patron, one of my main patrons. And before it became very clear through dreams and spirit visit sessions that that was who I needed to work for, I worked under the name or umbrella of the persistent miracle. Ooh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I have to be honest, the persistent miracle was still very much me hanging on to the little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, I am. Life is a persistent miracle. And that didn't fit anymore. And when I was making the transition with the new moon in Aries about four years ago, Mm. I had recently found my biological father who is indigenous and also from Arizona where Kachina are everywhere that became the natural matter of course for me who I needed to work for was Crow Mother. Gorgeous. For listeners who might not be familiar with even the term Kachina, could you tell us a little bit more about how these I suppose we could call them deities or spirits function and also if you feel comfortable, what tribe you're even speaking to. So the Kachina, as I continue to learn, I want to be also very clear about that. I grew up in every other system except for the indigenous environment. So as I continue to learn and practice in my own home, Kachinas to me, we would also see them as demigods in a pantheon, another sort of reference of a pantheon of gods, goddesses, demigods. Mm -hmm. So in that realm, there are all sorts of demigods, entities, spirits, 
deities, right? What we call them spirits or energies that serve every and any purpose, form, and function you can imagine. There is, you know, a, a sun god, a corn god. I'm trying to think of all the ones I have in my house at the moment. Mm. I have one for sun and one for corn and one for the rain. And these were called upon and I don't want to say worshipped, but yes, worshipped and still are in Southwestern indigenous custom practice and life. Mm -hmm. And in traditional practice, it is like very common to dress oneself, those who are ordained as appropriate within the particular tribe, or I don't want to say village, but this particular tribe, to dress as the kachina and perform prayer and dance mm. and service. These days, you know, I, I can't really speak to how it impacts daily life other than the vital importance of keeping education alive, keeping culture and tradition alive. But historically speaking, this really has been no different than laying out an altar for Ostara and performing dances and chanting and ritual of any and all kinds. This is to me, very similar. Mm. And so, so my folks actually moved to Arizona. We're New Jersey people, though I've lived in New York for most of my life now. But so I'm familiar with some of the indigenous culture there. And I believe it's Hopi and Navajo mm. tribal communities primarily. Is that where your lineage is from? My father's mother was Cherokee mm. and they were from North Carolina and then Ohio and then moved out West for work and settled in an area where there were Hopi and she married a Hopi man. Mm. White bear was my father's father. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I think a lot of listeners can probably relate to this idea that many of us have aspects of our own family story, our own lineage that maybe we weren't raised with, but as adults, we feel called to learn more about. I can certainly relate to that somewhat. I was raised Jewish, and yet there was enough about Judaism that didn't quite resonate with me, at least kind of the style and the thread that, you know, I was raised in, which is why I started incorporating other corpuses of spirituality into my practice. But then, of course, I, I think many of us are coming to terms with the fact that there's a way to be eclectic that is respectful and a way to do it that's appropriative and disrespectful. Anyhow, I am now, as an adult, looping back to Judaism and getting deeper into, like, Jewish folk magic and Jewish mysticism and figuring out how to weave all these threads together in my own path. So I wonder... If you could speak a little bit to that process of like trying to connect to these indigenous roots that are very much in your family bloodline and yet is something it sounds like you weren't raised with. And, and how do you go about navigating this in a way that is respectful, but also that stakes your claim in your own family story? That is a really great question because that has been the sum total, I would say, of the last four to five years. Mm. Very slowly is the answer in, in short. Mm -hmm. 
lot of study and having to find my way through that which I should be studying because I have no family relationships at all, not on my maternal side or my paternal side anymore. And I found my biological father about five years ago Mm. through a private investigator and a plane ride and a long car ride and planes, trains, and automobiles. And I really expected this beautiful, woke, for lack of a better term, in-touch Indigenous man. And that is not at all what I found. Mm. I found someone who was deeply damaged by, I believe, what feels like epigenetics Mm -hmm. and trauma and familial trauma and also being a Vietnam veteran Mm. lived right on the outskirts of the reservation in a town called Mayer, Arizona. It's beyond the outskirts, but it is, it's, he can see it, but he wants no relation with the world, let alone his people. So that said, I had a lot of hope to learn a lot from my father about who he was, who I am, where do we come from? And this was at the time that the Dakota pipeline was like, they were freezing there and we were trying to stop it. Mm -hmm. I was so excited to connect with people, be bopping in from Brooklyn, right? Let's talk about it. And everybody kind of looked at me like, who the F are you? Yeah. Okay, girl. You know, they might as well called me white girl, you know, nice, but give me my $20 so you can go through Antelope Canyon, you know, it became very clear. And to fast forward that into how I'm learning and how I'm practicing as a witch who happens to be indigenous, very respectfully, gingerly and slowly. Mm Mm-hmm. Because not all of my family is indigenous. There are the oppressed and there are the oppressors. Mm. And I also have to reconcile with being attached to a person, my father, who wanted nothing to do with me. Mm. That's a whole nother story. But I'm just now warming up to the idea of seeking out that part of my life. And my family, whereas I violently wanted nothing to do with that person and Arizona, I swore I'd never go back Mm. on and on and on. Yeah. And now I don't feel that way. I feel that it would not be appropriate by any stretch for me to be like, not only am I of indigenous heritage, but this is how you do it. And this is how you practice as an indigenous witch, because that's bullshit. I grew up in foster care on the East Coast Mm -hmm. for the most part. Like I'm learning about that slowly and a lot of learning. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing all of that with me. And I just want to say I'm so sorry for all the heartbreak that it sounds like that you've endured. I mean, I know you're stronger for it and you've learned a lot from it, but that sounds like a lot of a lot of aches and pains that you've had to walk through. And I'm so glad you're here now. I often hear that people who are attracted to helping others heal, it's often because they've done a lot of 
healing and inner work themselves. So so I'm wondering how the particular modalities that you now practice, how they found you, how you found them. You are an energy worker, a tarot reader, a Reiki practitioner. I just think of you as a wise woman. You have such wisdom, Liza, that to me, when you speak, feels so transcendent of time. You know, you really feel like an old soul to me. And I say that as someone who's been called an old soul all her life. So I say that as a a great compliment to you. So how did you find these different modalities? So I'll start by saying, and this means a lot for anybody that hears this, it will make a lot of sense. I happen to be in recovery. I happen to be a member of a 12-step program that'll stay as anonymous as it is. Through that, I was encouraged and still am to find a power greater than myself. Mm. Before I got sober in foster care and also beyond, I went to every denomination of church I could get my adolescent and young teenage hands on searching. I lived in the South at the time, super easy to go to church. (laughs) searching. I wanted to belong. I also wanted to know what are you guys doing in there? Didn't stick. Didn't fix me. Got sober, encouraged to find a higher power. Immediately found friendship in people who were active and practicing occultists in my late teens in Miami, Florida. And then I went to school to be a journalist and then a uh, theology major. So I had a double major of journalism and theology. I was going to make God and writing my whole life Hmm. or so I thought, you know, I was 20, 21. (laughs) I just desperately wanted to know what was true. I needed to know what was true. And then I found a text about women of the Hebrew Bible and was like, whoa, that led me down a rabbit hole. And what stuck laughably was Buddhism. I don't know how or why. It just felt like, okay, I need to take a break from the big G word. I found Buddhism, started working for a company that espoused really, at the time, really great values I thought that there was more to that and became a massage therapist. And through that, realized that something was happening when I touched people. Mm. Why is it that I want to stay at your right scapula a little longer? You didn't ask me to do that, but I feel like I need to, and I can't explain why. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, I became attuned to different Reiki levels because I don't know. And then I was like, this is it. This is it. This is it. And I eventually became a Reiki master teacher, not necessarily because I wanted to be able to take everybody through attunements, but I just wanted to know everything. Hmm. Okay. I have a lot of questions about everything you just said. Before we get into them, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Looking to add some magic to your self-care? Luna Lux Botanicals offers all-natural bath and body products designed to turn your self-care into a ritual. 
Deepen your connection with the moon, with their moon ritual bath soaks, which I adore, by the way, or amplify your magical intentions with their crystal body scrub collection. And yes, they do contain real crystals. Their moon ritual collection now includes organic sugar body scrubs made with cold-pressed herbal-infused oils and botanical face mask blends designed with the moon in mind. All of Luna Lux Botanicals offerings are vegan, cruelty-free, and made using only pure and ethically sourced ingredients. Each small batch is handcrafted with care and intention by its creator, Cass Hayes, from her home in Denver, Colorado. And Cass was generous enough to send me some of her products, and they are so divine in all senses of the word. So if you're ready to turn your self-care into a ritual, visit lunaluxbotanicals.com. That's lunaluxbotanicals.com. And use code WHICHWAVE at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's lunaluxbotanicals.com and code WHICHWAVE gets you 15% off your first order. I love Luna Lux. Look, it's hard enough grappling with our own emotions under ordinary circumstances, but even more so when the world is going through massive collective challenges. I am so grateful for my therapist, and even though I've done sessions in person for years, I've been pretty amazed at how effective online therapy has been for me right now. And so I can heartily recommend BetterHelp, an online counseling service which can provide you with your own licensed professional therapist to talk to via video or phone sessions. So if you have anxiety issues like I do, or are dealing with depression, stress, trauma, grief, or even just day-to-day -day struggles with your relationships or your family, or just feeling like you're not meeting your personal goals right now, which let's be honest, has been very difficult for most of us these days, I really encourage you to reach out to the folks at BetterHelp. They will connect you with a counselor that you can start chatting with in under 24 hours. Now, a few things I really appreciate about BetterHelp is that it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, plus they offer financial aid to those who qualify, and they make it super easy to change counselors so you can find one that you really click with. Best of all, Witch Wave listeners, that's you, get 10% off your first month of counseling by going to betterhelp.com slash witchwave. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash witchwave. I believe that all human beings can benefit from therapy. I certainly have myself, and I'm so glad that it's becoming more accepted and more accessible to do so. So please pop over to betterhelp.com witchwave and find a great counselor to talk to. BetterHelp is confidential, convenient care, and you, my friend, deserve that. Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today I'm speaking with Liza Fenster. So Liza, we started 
touching upon, if you'll forgive the pun, Reiki. And <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist, but I'm very interested in Reiki. My mother actually went through some Reiki training and, you know, we say that through the kind of maternal line of my family that we have healing hands. My grandma Trudy had healing hands. I have some kind of touch, though I've never fully developed it in any formal way. Can you share with us a little bit more about Reiki and touch and what your experience has been with that particular modality, because we actually haven't had anyone on the show who's been any kind of like physical somatic practitioner yet. So I'd love for you to give us a little bit of an intro and explanation of all that. You know, you and I have briefly talked about this on a personal level, but I just can't wrap around any other thought other than Reiki and its practice is to me another form of divination. Before you get to my office or before you, we enter the Zoom room together at this point, I can feel you. I can feel you when I can feel you when you book the appointment. And then the closer you get to me, like a honing device, I can feel you more and more and more. I am divining information from your body and all that you have stored there all the years of your life. Oh my goodness. I feel like I need to apologize for all the vibes I'm giving you today then because I've been a little stress bug the last couple days. It's so beautiful though. And so my relationship to that practice is one of awe and reverence <laughs> and overwhelm sometimes you know, in the beginning of my practice, I did exactly what I thought I was supposed to do. I put my hands in a very uniform way in my nerd voice, you know, no deviation allowed, which was very much how I approached my search for spirits, God, angels, very linear and very closed-minded-ish. I felt that there was more to be done. And so then... I became avid about my, my practice of getting out of the way when I am with someone giving energy work or energetic healing. Is it Reiki anymore what I do? I don't know. Mm. Sometimes, sure. But Reiki is but one, uh, we'll talk, keep talking about umbrellas or houses. It's but one way to identify what has been happening for thousands of years. And one guy in Japan in the mid 1800s had a spiritual experience and now it's Reiki, but mm -hmm. healing of hands, healing hands, you know, grandma Trudy could tell you that was happening before Dr. Usui, you know, alluding sure. to. So sometimes it looks very much like what they teach in Reiki textbooks, what I do. And sometimes I am coming from a totally different dimension and time. A lot of times I'm just clearing space. We're like clearing out the attic for things to move about, to leave on their own time. There is no way to have a blueprint for each and every single Reiki session. I employ every method of retrieval 
at my disposal to entice the brain's path of least resistance into another direction. And if it feels like going the way that I'm inviting it to go that day, fine. And if not, maybe it'll go next time. But this would be tuning forks and psychic surgery and charged stone. Whoa. Can we talk about psychic surgery? What do you mean by that? It is alchemy defined. I, I, so for a very quick and easy example, in manifestation and some forms of spell work, you see, air quotes, with the mind's eye, this happening, changing. When you travel through time and space to heal past or present situations, very similarly to me, as sure as I can see something I'm wishing to manifest, as sure as I can see myself as a five-year-old picking her up and bringing her back through layers of time to heal, Mm -hmm. I can see, because I have a literal education and training as a neuromuscular massage therapist, I can see your insides. You know, anybody with training, I want to be clear that should be kept in the wheelhouse of your scope of practice, Mm -hmm. but I am very lucky to know where things are in the body. If Reiki very simply is able to be transmitted through the palms of the hands and the tips of the fingers. Well, then why wouldn't I be able to, here's the thing, I am able to, anybody is, access that which I wish to move or heal or shift with my fingers, with my my fingertips with my elbow. I want to interject to let listeners know that I can see you right now and you're doing all these gestures of cutting and spreading and, you know, all these beautiful sorceress type motions with your hands. So you're saying quite literally you're able to do some kind of a a removal or a manipulation of certain kinds of energy in the body. Is, is that right? Am I understanding you correctly? Yes. Not to say that I'm not great or whatever, but this is not specific to me. Mm-hmm. I think that anybody, everyone is born with sight and ability. Some people just really want to get into it and learn more. I think that we're all on a level playing field to a lot of degrees. And I happen to be here to do that. Mm. Now, something else you also do is you're a very gifted tarot reader. And I know that in your sessions, sometimes you, I believe, even combine the two, right? Like, can you talk a little bit about what tarot can help people with versus what Reiki or energy work can help people with? And when do we know which modality to go to or Do we just rely on you as the intuitive to know what we need in a session? A little bit of all of the above. Some people really kind of just need, and and this is set with love and kindness, a literal hand-holding. I don't know. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to choose. Cool. So let's talk about it. And we choose together. Tarot is information because tarot, a card, is an inanimate object, right? If I place the card on my person, 
it's going to act as a filter or a conduit for information or energy, the energy of information. And this is why I feel that Reiki or energetic healing and tarot is all divination. But when a person is able to project with a hand, a finger, an instrument, I am alive and made of energy, although it's just a different kind of energy than a tarot card. And so tarot will provide us with information, information that likely the person already has, but maybe is uh, just feeling a bit overwhelmed or unclear and not as able to access it. And Reiki is the application of the information we received within a few cards or a lot of cards. Wow. So do you usually start with tarot to get an information download and then it helps you know where to place your hands on somebody or maybe it goes any which way? Both. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here, Eliza. Both. No. <laughs> so in those sessions, I like to start with a reading because there almost invariably is something specific the person would like to talk about. And I want to give space for that. And additionally, I ask those showing up in communication, spirits, angels, guides, and masters to provide further insight if I've missed anything as the facilitator, provide us with further insight into what we should be addressing. Is there anything we're not seeing in our conversation that you'd like to show us within this particular deck of cards? And we allow that to inform the healing part of it all. Love that. So I have to ask, because I'm someone who's quite sensitive to people's energies, I can only imagine that you are super, super sensitive to maybe lingering energies of someone you might have worked with or someone who you're about to work with. How do we protect our sweet, sensitive selves, as RuPaul is so fond of saying, against negative energy? Or maybe we don't have to protect ourselves, but how do we make sure it doesn't become our energy when it's someone else's? How do you clear yourself, Liza, when you're working with all of these different intense energies? That takes a lot of work, a lot of work, because I work with all of the clairs. I think all of the ways that I can receive information. You mean your clairaudient, your clairvoyant, when you say all the clairs? Yeah, I smell, I taste, I feel weather. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's everything I ever wanted. It's everything I ever wanted which further supplants my belief that people say you are already that which you wish to be. It's everything I ever wanted was to be a bridge between us and whatever else is out there. I work with all of those and I happen to be a HSP, a highly sensitive person. Like, uh, is it neurodivergency? I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. I don't think that matters, but it is that I also am dealing with a lot of PTSD, complex PTSD. So I hide a lot. I'm very quiet. I take great, great care in protecting my literal home, the rituals that I seal my home with. I've learned the hard way, have to be constant. I take a time out every day, every single day to decompress. 
salt is my best friend. I'm very tall. And so salt baths are not always so comfy, but I do a salt scrub Mm. every day. I ask those that walk with me in this life, my totem spirits and guides and angels, I ask and I offer anything they need in return. You're asking for protection? Yeah, because sometimes I'm not sure that I can by myself protect myself because also depending on what's happening celestially, what's going on in the stars right now, what are the planets up to? Because that's also going to be a factor on how I... I'm able to process the energy that I'm receiving. Whatever the stars and planets are up to on that day or that moment really and truly is also going to have an impact on how I'm able to process the energy that I'm receiving or exchanging. Yeah. So it's just a part of your every day is clearing yourself and protecting yourself. Everything from my mailbox to my windows, my doors, my shoes, my feet, my hand, the back of my neck. I take really, now I do, I take really good care of those spots on my body Mm. because they're just like open pulsing receptors. So it involves a lot of spirit work and then a lot of mundane light and sound and just like it's a, it's a combination of this world and the other world. Mm, beautiful. On that note, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, Witch Wave listeners. It's Tess from Magic Monday Podcast. And this is Natasha from Magic Monday Podcast. And we have a podcast that we think you will like. It is for magical, metaphysical, witchy people like you. And right now we have over 200 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Listeners have said that it makes them look forward to Mondays, that we're informative. They have said we're funny. Tess doesn't want me to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying They said it. And it's like hanging out with your favorite witchy friends. Yeah, so we tune into the energy of the week. We offer spells and rituals. We answer questions. And we talk to fascinating, magical people. We talk about everything from self-compassion to talking to dead people to astrology. So if you'd like to listen to us, you can go to wherever you listen to podcasts or visit our site at magicmondaypodcast.com. Would you like even more Witch Wave? Then come join us on Patreon, where you'll get bi-weekly bonus Witch Wave Plus episodes, ad-free Witch Wave episodes, and detailed show notes for all. Rewards also include magical merch and giveaways, early heads up about my workshops before they sell out, and all backers get access to our exclusive digital coven, where I lead monthly rituals and video chats, and where you can connect to a community of other wonderful witches. So head on over to patreon.com witchwave and sign up. It's a fabulous way to get more magic in your life and to support the show. Thanks so much. Welcome back to The Witch Wave. Today, I'm speaking with Liza Fenster. So Liza, you mentioned the planets and the stars. And 
it's perhaps not coincidental that you were talking about crow mother kind of calling you during a new moon in Aries. And when this episode airs, the new moon in Aries will be on the horizon in in just a couple days. So I would love to invite you to interpret this question any which way you care to. Have there been any messages that have been coming through for you, whether in sessions or your own tarot and intuitive work, that you feel compelled to share with listeners right now, given the fact that it's been a year of pandemic, it is springtime, it is the new moon in Aries, it feels like we're in this transitional time that is both exciting and hopeful, but also there's still a lot of darkness that we're walking through collectively and I'm sure individually for a lot of people. So anything that you think might be useful for people to hear, I I invite you to share with us. All across the board in my own altar service, like my own private practice in energetic healing and in tarot readings with people up until yesterday, I'm still receiving all of this same overwhelmingly similar message, which is slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. And this is sort of the download that I get. It's not that humanity is not deserving of joy and freedom and progress and abundance and industry. But if not now, when? dot, 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 will we take the opportunity to integrate what is healing and what is hurting for us? You know, the sentiment that we can't return back to normal because normal wasn't working. You know, Mm -hmm. we've all seen this a lot. That is just not something out of thin air. I think that, you know, that is coming through on every angle. You know, we're hearing it in conversations with our friends. I'm hearing it in tarot readings. I'm hearing it in energetic sessions. I am not personally giving attunements right now in my own, like, where's the race? Where's the fire as, you know, for lack of a better term, it's a moment to be kind and gentle and forgiving, less forgiving, more receptive of our need for nourishment. You know, it's not that we're viewed as irresponsible children that will just like take this and run and bye, you know, and forget to take a bath and eat dinner type of thing. It's okay to not want to go back to the way things were. It's okay to be trepidatious about, am I going to get sick if I go outside? Probably not, they say. But just because we are experiencing spring and a new moon in Aries, and then later this month, a full moon in Scorpio, does it all have to happen now? No. I really appreciate that because I do think that when the springtime comes especially, and especially after the hellish year that we've all lived through, well, that if for those of us who were lucky enough to live through it, I should say, that suddenly it's like, oh, you know, we're supposed to all wake up and burst into blossom and have all of this energy and be raring to go to get back to life, whatever that means, even if it's not the same as we were before. 
to quickly figure out, well, what is next? And what does our new life look like? And da, 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 da. how do we incorporate these lessons? All of it. And I really appreciate the reminder that, you know, just still taking the time to sit with all of this and go at our own pace is really, really important. And you and I have talked before about how nature doesn't just burst into blossom all at the same time, you know, things kind of unroll and unfurl slowly and every everything has its own pace, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny, I after our recent conversation about that, I'm watching literally watching things around me die away and spring forth and every day trying to remind myself to remove pressure and expectation. And I'm rewarded by so much discovery of what I would have been too impatient or rushed through to see. I think. Mm. Mm. As someone who is doing lots of tarot readings, you do these great readings on Instagram for us publicly. I know you also do readings for people privately and, and for yourself. Are there any cards right now that keep showing up for some reason or any cards that are calling you to speak about them right now? Yes, right through what we were just talking about, the Knight of Wands reversed and the Knight of Swords reversed. And page of pentacles and page of cups upright. Okay. So can can you yeah. break that down for any novices listening? So I want to say that, you know, we don't have to re- read reversals every time. There's no such thing as every time, all the time, right? Um, but in this case, for sure. And so we look very quickly at the idea of the Knight of Swords and the Knight of Wands being very energetic, very forthcoming, very outwardly enthusiastic in their action. Those are coming up reversed, very significant a lot lately to say, hey, hey, hey. We, as in anyone that comes to communicate, we recognize and appreciate your enthusiasm and your excitement. We do not feel it necessary or advisable to charge forward at this time. We do, however, suggest or offer you the perspective of the Page of Cups, the Page of Pentacles, which not only are they the younger sibling, let's just say, of the night, right? So this is significant to spring, new, young, fresh, but also as enthusiastic, but in a way that sees no need to rush past the moment of where their feet are, that there is immense value and fertility in this cup right here in my hands, this pentacle right here in my hands. And this is me talking about Pamela Coleman Smith's illustration to Mm -hmm. be quite honest. I am seeing so many of those two pages upright as in the green light and Most of the readings I did yesterday, for example, prior to us having this conversation, saw lots of nights in reversal, active nights in reversal. And I think it's appropriate. So interesting. Yeah. I think of nights as like kind of like that teenage Labrador retriever, boisterous, I can do anything swagger energy a little bit where you're like, that's so useful. Like sometimes and other times it's like, slow your roll. And I think of the pages as like 
innocent, curious students who are new and they're beginning things and they're just kind of learning, but they're not necessarily like, I'm the expert, which knights can sometimes pretend they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. And I think that the innocence and the curiosity, wholehearted enthusiasm is so valuable because if we look at it from the new young page perspective, the stamina that a page enters into a situation with is so necessary right now for moving into this next part of the year, but also moving into this next era Mm. as a community, both immediate and broad scope. We need that youthful healing stamina for one another. So that leads me to my final question for you. You have a beautiful son, and I've had the pleasure of being in his lovely page presence. And for those of my listeners who are parents or who might not be parents but who love a little person or little people in their lives right now, do you have any thoughts around how to help cultivate magic and guidance, spiritual guidance maybe for younger people, especially at this moment in time, which is so challenging. But you can interpret that more generally too, if you like. (laughs) First of all, shout out to Queen Wright Coven for always being so inviting of my son into a magical space, even if it's electronically because kids are it's you know in my experience with being a witch it's like a mixed bag of is my son okay to be here and so I am deeply appreciative of spaces in which we are both welcome to be in you know because that is how he and I are in relation with each other He is welcome into all of my spaces in terms of my practice as a witch. He knows when he hears specific chimes and sounds, when he smells specific things burning in the house, oh, mommy's doing blessed spirits because that is how I open most of the time. I want him to know that this life that we are engaged in is precious and vital and ancient. Mm -hmm. I want him to know that it is his right to believe, to see, to feel. I want to, I hope, to continue to encourage him to have faith in what his intuition says. And because of my own experience, do you smell something? Do you feel something? Do you hear something? He can touch any of my altars. He can touch any of my magical tools. And I'm learning to temper, like maybe he's just a regular person who's like going to have no interest in, you know, (laughs) he'll rebel by not being a witch. Exactly. (laughs) And it's interesting. It's that is how we're, we're doing this as mother and son and is very, (laughs) to the best of my ability with as much love and inclusion and time and patience as possible. He and I talk about everything and how everything has a voice. And that's not on some like Pixar, like Disney, which is also great, but 
do you know that the flowers are talking to you, right? You know that, right? And when he says things to me that mommy, the bees said that blah, 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 blah. I like actually try to listen because it's just sort of the way we're living in this house at the moment is reverence for the earth and also specifically reverence and communication with the realm of the spirit and ritual and practice. I think that it is needed now more than ever. I think that it's always, always been needed, but now we are at a moment and, and I hear this very directly in spirit guided sessions that this is like some like, hey, friend, here's this nine of wands. Hey, friend, here's this 10 of wands. Hey, all right, here's the star. Okay, here's the tower. Okay, we're done. You know, we are in this moment of like, let's say a nine of wands right now, which is to speak plainly, a heads up, like, you know, if you are feeling exhausted, if your systems of operating and living are exhausting. There is a way we can steer out of this. It may take a long time, but to finish the thought, we will not have this window forever, this nine of wands window, mm. for lack of a better term. And so everything is important. Everything is worthy of slowing down and listening and paying, especially because he presents as of this moment, as a four-year-old, as a cis male, not so light-skinned, but you know, he's, he is for all intents and purposes, white passing male in this country. It is his job. He, and we say this every day, he is his brother's keeper. He is his sister's keeper. And I believe in every fiber of my being that practice as a witch and practice as a ecologically, which is also what it means to be a witch in my house. That's the way, you know, matriarchy now, witchcraft now. So he, of all people, especially as only four, you know, and I think that even if you're not a witch and you're listening and you have children or you are around children in your life, slowing down and listening to what you hear and what you feel and what the world, the natural world and the supernatural world is trying to communicate with you. I really think we can help each other if we do that. Liza, it has been such a gift to get to slow down and listen to you for the last many minutes. Before we go, I'm sure that people are going to want to know how they can do a session with you. I know you do remote energy work and tarot readings and, and a whole host of other wonderful services that you offer. So what's the best way for people to find you? So on the internet, I am at thecrowmother.com. And that is where you can find a contact for me. That is where you can book sessions with me. You can learn together with me. I'm teaching tarot study sessions and education officially now, and we'll be returning to Reiki attunements, I do believe, by May. Excellent. I am so grateful to you. Thank you so much for sharing your magic and your time with me today, Liza. And I can't wait until I can hug you again in person. Yeah, I'm going to tackle you probably with love. <laughs> <laughs> it's a date. That's it for the show. 
Thank you again to Liza Fenster for being such a force of nature and supernature. Do you have questions, feedback, need some witchly advice, or just want to share something magical that happened to you recently? Drop us an email at witchwavepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and you just might make it on the Witch Wire. The Witch Wave is produced, written, and recorded by me, Pam Grossman. This episode was edited by Rachel Jacobs, thank you Rachel, and myself. Our theme music is the song Hand and Eye by Lycanthia. Special thanks go to Matt Freeman, Lara Antal, and Cece Pascal. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website and now buy Witchwave merch at witchwavepodcast.com. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us lots and lots and lots and lots of sparkly stars. It truly makes a difference and helps other people find the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WitchwavePod. And you can check out my witch emoji for iPhone by going to witchemoji.com or downloading it in the App Store. Please consider picking up my book, Waking the Witch, which is available everywhere now. And if you want more Witch Wave or you would just like to support the show, please join us over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash witchwave. Thank you so much for listening. Witches are the future. I'll catch you next time on The Witch Wave.